Welcome to the Mobile Monger Podcast, where we go behind the scenes in the cheese world to chat with the people making, selling, or distributing your favorite specialty food products. I'm your host, Janae Muha, certified cheese professional, longtime cheesemonger, and producer advocate. The Chicago cheese scene has long been a mainstay in the world of cheese, but as of late, it seems as it's going through a bit of a rebirth. Long-standing shops have closed, and new spaces are popping up with a younger clientele and social media savviness. One of those accounts belongs to Alicia Norris-Jones. Through her experience in restaurants, she's learned to create thoughtful and well-researched pairings with a deconstructed vibe that spans many cultural references. Her intentionality often goes as far as to post mood boards and playlists that connect the dots with the references for each plate. In this conversation, we delve into mysticism, spirituality, art and food, and kitchen witchery. I hope you enjoy this dip in Alicia's thought process as much as I did. My name is Alicia Norris-Jones. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Moved out to Chicago after like going to Florida and doing all this stuff. And I um, actually went to school for religion. And while I was studying, I got my first restaurant job at Public and Quality Meats. I don't know if you're familiar. I am, it, yeah. It's, it was incredible. should have let me have this job. I went from being a barista to working as a pastry assistant at the Publican and quickly realized that I was terrible at it. And the only thing I could be trusted with was setting up the cheese case at PQM. And that is where I first encountered Pleasant Ridge Reserve. It was incredible. I had never had anything like it. I mean, growing up in Boston, there was Formaggio Kitchen, never went. I grew up in Dorchester. Like it was, we did not have those types of things. So getting exposed to this and just being like, I didn't know cheese could be like this really just opened up a door. Uh, from there, I went to work at a couple other restaurants. One of them won a James Beard Award and then got into a little bit of a scandal because of the way the chef talked to people. And uh, he's incredible, but I developed PTSD and was just like, I need to go somewhere where I can just do my job and be around the things that I love. I've worked in restaurants for so long. Maybe I will work at Whole Foods in the specialty section. And five years later, I realized that I'd like built a career in cheese <laughs> and I might as well go to CCP and just really lean into it. Uh, from there, I went to Mars Community Brewing, which is this wacky brewery on Chicago's South Side. They do everything from like dill pickle sours to hazy IPAs. And they had this fantastic kitchen. A homie was the chef there. And I was eventually asked to take over the cheese program because I had my CCP certification and small, intense cheese program that people loved. And then the pandemic happened. I was kind of forced to figure out how to keep doing what I want to do with the support of my bosses. And I started just, you know, selling cheese plates on Instagram built around tarot and the themes in my head and my favorite animes and playlists. It's been phenomenal, honestly. I can't think of like a better road to really go down. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been really fun watching your progression because I did meet you when you were at Whole Foods. And so it's been really fun to kind of watch you bl- blossom into this like whole other realm in the cheese world. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, because I feel like for a lot of us on this side of the phone, you know, on the other side of the phone, we consider you a big portion of our inspiration and bringing in new ideas. So I want to know the inspiration behind the inspiration, if you know what I mean. Like you post mood boards and I love flipping through them and they're so varied in their placement from high art to anime to all of the things. So can you just kind of um, walk me through like when you have a collaboration with someone and you're coming up with inspiration for it, what does that look like for you? So a lot of the way that I approach things is actually taken from chefs that I've worked for and just, I'm also, I, I hoard information. Every chef that you encounter brings a little bit of themselves and using menus. I try to do the same thing, but I have like such like ADHD where I have to choose (laughs) like, okay, like this month is going to be Japan. What do I know about Japan? Well, this month is going to be about, oh my gosh, what's that one dude, Fergus Henderson and his wife and like what she's with they eat while they're doing their thing. So I'm not going to say that I get like super stoned before I do this. But I do like to sit with myself and really like go through my phone, go through my library and think about what inspires me. From there, I will look at what cultures have really like shaped that like particular food way or like what's going on in the Basque region, both like historically uh, within like contemporary food and also with like power and what do I want to reflect in my plate to where I feel good about being not necessarily lifting from this culture, but honoring it. And especially as a black woman in the cheese industry, uh, there's not a lot of us. There's not a lot. I want to dial that back. We could all be a bit more sensitive of what we pull from. And I feel that I'm in a particularly cool position to where I have the empathy I have the people surrounding me to where I can be a little bit more gentle and like take the time to honor it. Um, So yes, like ideating, then going into like who is actually present in the room. And then I gather recipes and hopefully it all works out. Uh, I don't think people realize that every time I put out a new board, that's me learning a new skill. So I was for one like raspberry, apple jam that I put out a couple of years ago and I cried over this pot of apple pectin like I'm going to do this the right way and it was incredible it was great so I think in total for each cheese plate that I put out it takes about 20 hours to put everything together and that doesn't include like time in the kitchen That's amazing. And I love the intentionality behind it all, because I feel like a lot of times I know I just put stuff out that I have in my head or like in my refrigerator, but I'm also not selling stuff. So there's that. Um, But I just really love the fully intentional ways that you move through your boards. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's really cool. And I've just started 
really like looking back at everything I did at Mars and how that might have changed like during the pandemic. And I will say that things have gotten a bit more intimate and actually like reflect my personality as like the boards have progressed. And it's been it's been cool. I'm glad that people dig it. <laughs> I'm always jealous that I'm too far away, like <laughs> that I don't get to go and enjoy them. But one of these days I will. One of these days I will. I might see you in Portland. I I hope that that happens. So you kind of mentioned COVID and um, obviously this podcast has kind of been born from conversations I've been having with people about COVID. Um, So can you kind of talk to me about how all of that has played out for you? I know that you kind of went more on the big freelancer side of things because necessity and selling boards off of Instagram, but can you just talk to me about how COVID really affected your, um, your career path, I guess? Absolutely. Uh, how do I want to talk about this? Cause it, it's really interesting. And I don't think what happened with my career could happen without COVID. So one, I had the privilege of working with someone that believed in my product. So when everything shut down, Mars like cleared out their uh, coffers. Like it took home like so much Plowgate butter. It was incredible. <laughs> um, and a couple of months later, Ed decided to put together a farmer's market where he called all of his buddies and people that were really struggling. So chefs, bakers, uh, florists as well. And he said, come out to the back parking lot and just like do whatever you can. And he also offered that to me and was just like, you can use our accounts. And I was able to talk to vendors who like, we've been following each other, but like, I want to help you, but I have no one to really cater to. So that was a big thing, being able to like keep those wholesale accounts. And in Chicago, what was happening at the time is that there were a lot of out of work chefs that all operate like artists and crews of like pop-ups started to form. To where it's like, if you liked this one sous chef at Fat Rice, well, now they're doing this thing. And they're also shouting out everybody around them. So all these like micro restaurants and micro economies started like sprouting up and supporting each other. And like through collaborating with each other, we created a really cool community. And what we found out is that with everybody still in their homes, and starved for restaurants interaction that they wanted cheese. They wanted a playlist. They wanted to feel like someone was taking care of them and being the server, being the monger, being the like floor manager and like gently saying like, I swear to God, if you eat this cheese cold, I'm going to come to your house and like make some mischief. Um, I was able to, I think, jump a couple of years in the industry through people having the attention span and willing to take some time on and really take a chance on someone kind of untrained. I love that. And I think that that also is, um, I mean, we've seen this happen in a lot of different cities, but I lived in Chicago for a while. So I kind of understand that city a little bit better. But I feel like that is a very Chicago thing. Like they're going to, take you by the hand and be like, we're doing this together. It's been one of my, that's one of my favorite things actually about Chicago. Every time I visit, I'm always like, there's community here. People are so like working class, like proud. It's, it's a really fun city. So I can see that really happening there. 
And I'm glad it did. And also like, so we have Whole Foods, we have, I mean, thankfully there have been more cheese shops popping up in Chicago. I, I worked for one of them and I live next to the other one. <laughs> um, but there, I don't think people really realize how much they missed fine cheese until it was literally ripped out of their hands and they weren't able to go out to restaurants and they had no idea how to like wade into this world. And that, that definitely helped a lot. And sometimes people are like, you can't go to the grocery store and talk to your mongers. So you're going to talk to some random lady on Instagram. It was like, yes, I want to know about the one Israeli feta that you found that is like better than the rest. I actually would love to um, talk a little bit more about your connection with like cheese and tarot and like cheese and spirituality and like how you see that. Um, Cause I find it such an interesting piece um, and I've been playing with tarot for the last few months and it's been really fun and just, I don't know. I just really am interested in that part of, um, your world. Absolutely. Hmm. I went to school for religion. I consider myself a spiritual person. And one way that I look at art is a a window on one's connection with the divine. And what is my work, but not art? So with my cheese plates and with everything that I do, you are seeing a manifestation of conversations I'm having with myself and with the other. And I bring tarot into this because it is, you you know this because you practice. Um, These are symbols that we've all, as a culture, have come to agree upon that like they mean a grim reaper means death. Um, Death can also mean transformation and so on and so on. So there's something really cool in bringing tarot into the cheese plates to where, and into my work to where you know exactly what I'm talking about and where I'm trying to go of how deep this runs for me. So if there's anything with the intention and the magic that I'm putting into this that you get, that is what I'm here for. That is my kitchen witch stuff. That is me opening you up to both like my feelings and maybe some of your own. Um, I've had people approach me about doing like tarot themed cheese plates, which I am still kind of tossing around the idea of. But there's something so cool when you think about like the Empress and how that can be linked to like late summer cheeses and seeing what else is like happening, like in the pasture, uh, what grains are available. And it's just, it's so gorgeous and correspondences and think about like everything that these cards can like represent and realize that they can all connect to food. Yeah. And I honestly feel like cheese in and of itself is magic because yes, there's a lot of science that we could dial in and figure out everything, but there's not, there's not everything that we could possibly figure out. Sometimes things just happen and we have no clue. And I think about like when people first started making cheese, they had no concept of like germ theory and like microbiology. And they just made this really delicious thing that is life-sustaining and also a way to preserve their food. And that is kitchen, Witch. it's, I fully identify with that. That's, I love it. I love it. They literally thought it was magic. There was no other explanation until we found out. Right. Um, 
there is a reason why we as a community and also just the world prefers something that was made with love and intention versus something that was made in a factory. That deeper connection for sure. Absolutely. Uh, it's interesting too, because like, um, when I visited uh, boxcar, I was talking with Sam, the cheesemaker, and she was talking about how, like, you know, they have their, their sheets, their science sheets, where they record their pH and all of that stuff. And she's like, but really I'm more about like, I know what, when I feel it and it's more about the art of it. And I love that there's either side of that situation that we get in the cheese world where people are really paying attention to the pH. And then that's when they know to start changing things. But then there's those other people that just lift the curd with their finger and they're like, okay, it's done. You know, Absolutely. there's room for both for sure. Yeah. And I think that even utilizing both in a situation is a fantastic way of going about things too. Um, so what are you, I know that you're kind of stepping away from a few things and maybe taking some things off of your plate because you fill your plate very, very, very full on a constant basis, it seems. Um, so I kind of want to know where you're at right now. What are you doing? So yes, I stepped away from Mars a couple of weeks ago to make room for just more opportunity. Um, it's another kind of like woo thing where if you make room and just let the world provide, then it will. And it has been, I am working on a business plan and talking to a couple of folks about something that might happen in a year and a half. I'm getting more into food styling uh, with one of my friends out in Wisconsin, Veronica, um, and just really leaning into a few more collabs with people that I feel safe and good with. And we've had like great relationships in the past and just trying to figure out next steps. Although I did talk about this earlier before we started recording, I am doing my like first big girl workshop next week at the Charleston Food and Wine Festival. And I don't know if you're familiar, um, this year, Joe Flam is going to be there from like Rosemary and then Paula Velez, who is one of my role models. She is a woman of color working out of DC with a lot of like Caribbean and like African diaspora uh, type ideas. She's leading a workshop. So I'm going to be around people that I admire that I have been following for such a long time and like presenting like my weird ideas about cheese. So it's going to be cool. Hopefully. <laughs> I have no doubt. It's going to be amazing. Um, I actually just want to know what your dream situation for what like, you know, this idea maybe you have in your head of what your future in cheese kind of looks like. Beautiful. So I love styling and doing things on Instagram, but I have always wanted to create a home for myself and a home for other mongers. Um, I want to create a home for BIPOC uh, LGBTQIA folks that don't necessarily find open arms in other areas of the cheese world and of the wine world and of the hospitality world. I don't know if you've ever been to Bacchanal in New Orleans. It's this, oh my God, it's this insane restaurant in this 100 year old building where you walk in through the cheese shop, order a bottle of champagne, they give you a plastic bucket, you go outside, listen to some jazz and just enjoy the company that you brought with you. 
if I can do that, I mean, I'm going to do that. That is what I want. While providing a just safe home for people and also showing other people in the industry and in the world that you can have the world that you deserve and that we all deserve and that we can all make money and take care of each other and serve delicious cheese and wine, then maybe that'll spread. (laughs) I love that vision and I am all for it and I can't wait. (laughs) I wish that it were a thing now (laughs) and that we wouldn't have to think about it in the future, but here we are. Here we are. Um, I just want to tap in a little bit with the like Chicago cheese scene, um, because I feel like a lot has happened with like you and Erica kind of really coming up on Instagram, but then also places like pastoral closing, but then like places like beautiful Rhine and Randall opening shop. So I just kind of want to like get a glimpse of how you kind of see the cheese scene in Chicago right now. So I truly do believe that we're going through a renaissance. It was wild looking around after Pastoral closed that like there were maybe one or two cheese shops and like they were just mostly in Chicagoland and a bit inaccessible. But with Beautiful Rhine opening up with All Together Now and then there's another spot that's further north, uh, J&M Fine Foods, I want to say mongers who were out of work are now coming back and getting excited again and they're sharing information with each other they are getting promoted they're going into management they're going into distro and it's just really beautiful to see like the next generation of mongers come up you know i was just talking to will about this at beautiful rind where i was so jealous of like Jordan and Kara all getting to work together while I was at Whole Foods and to find myself in a situation where I'm talking about like my favorite English cheddar with an English cheddar nerd, a self-avowed one is absolutely beautiful. And Erica has been um, actually really amazing to become friends with and to work with. She's done so much for like visibility of like fine cheese, like within the mainstream, but also she's like out here going to every, I see her so often in every cheese shop. And it's just like, you are a true supporter of the scene. And I finally feel like Chicago is getting to where it can compete with New York and San Francisco. I mean, we're still a few years out, but like it's happening with the talent that's on the ground. Yeah, it seems like it from an outsider's perspective. It definitely seems like it. So it's very exciting. And I mean, I love Chicago. So any excuse for me to visit is always a good excuse. (laughs) So I'm definitely excited to come and see um, more of what Chicago is bringing. I I definitely feel like there is a new age of cheese in Chicago for sure. I had a uh, guest yesterday at Beautiful Rind who was like, I want the best Midwest cheese. This poor woman had no idea what she unleashed. And I'm like, well, you have Blakesville. And then like, we can talk about Tulip Tree and yada, yada. I'm like, I'm so sorry that you opened this up, but you also want to talk to these other mongers because we're all just so stoked. And yeah, it's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. <laughs> so I have a few questions that I usually ask everybody, but I just wanted to make sure, is there anything that you really wanted to talk about in particular that we didn't touch on before I kind of get to these uh finishing questions 
No, I think I'm good. Thank you for letting me ramble about magic and my emotions. <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I am 100% here for it. Um, okay, so speed round um, questions here. What is your current cheese crush? Ooh, okay, cheese crush as in like a cheese or like a cheese maker? However you want to take it. I love that people have been asking that question though. <laughs> like, not just assuming that I was talking about cheese, but like, are we talking about people or are we talking about food here? However you want to take that. <laughs> um, so I am, I don't know everything about cheese. So whenever I find something like cool and new to me, I like keep talking to everybody about it. I had Lancashire for the first time a couple of months ago and its texture is so cool. It's so woolly and just like, imagine if it would be like if I like bit into a cat like nice but (laughs) it's like it's cute the best way I can describe the texture is cute um that with like some fat toed caramel that I like brought back from Minnesota that is my current cheese crush there's so much love and so much cute aggression and I never had something like that before I really like that descriptor cute aggression because I feel like that's kind of me in a nutshell too (laughs) (laughs) um okay favorite cheese pairing Ooh, favorite cheese pairing um rhubarb mustarda and a poise so the rhubarb just kind of complements the like fun like a poise can be a little fruity because of what it's washed in but like that spice and that like floral business that happens in a good mustarda cuts through that funk in such a cool way I love it. Absolutely love it. You can also see like the slight bitterness of the rhubarb too, really interacting nicely with the like dense creaminess that a boss can sometimes have. Absolutely. Hmm. I love it. All right. Uh, last one, your top food memory. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like something you ate. It could be an experience you had surrounding food, something of that sort. Ooh, I've been around so much food and I remember so much. Um, top food memory. Mm. Getting to meet Anthony Bourdain at Public and Quality Meets. I was next to some food. <laughs> um, but that was, it was like meeting a legend, like, I mean, I was meaning a legend and he had said something that's, that stuck with me and I've had many great meals. I've had really good bosses, but he said the chef that I was working for at the time, Paul Kahn was a good dude. Now that coming from a person like Anthony Bourdain, who has been around arguably good and bad people, that really made me think about what it is to be a good chef and what it is to make good food. When he says that, that means you are treating people the way that they should be treated. You are finding ingredients that you can stand behind and you're getting nerdy about it. And that you're also providing meals that bring people together. I have like the staff meals I had then were incredible. Going to all those restaurants were incredible. And just Bourdain saying that was like a great like come together moment for me to where like this is this is what I want. I would say that's pretty high up there in a top food memory for sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you so much for spending some time with me and chatting about magic and cheese and the cheese that or the magic that is cheese. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is delightful. Alicia's vision is a constant inspiration to me, and I'm enjoying watching her career progress in wild and wonderful ways. Thank you, Alicia, for sharing some space and time with me. This podcast is recorded, produced, and edited by me, Janae Muha. Thank you to Ben Muha for allowing me to use your music. Follow along on my cheesy adventures at Instagram, Facebook, or get more content at Patreon. My website is also a great hub for all of my goings-on. Thanks for listening, and remember to keep spreading the word of good curd.